I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. That was a command. Let us. Let us. Is, is there any us's in here? Did you come to worship the Lord today? I, I know we've had a long service, so, but we came for a purpose, right? You came for a reason. Why don't you stand to your feet and give God some praises in the sanctuary? He's worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is worthy to be praised. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord this morning. I am excited to be in the house of God one more time. Can I get somebody that's just excited that you got blood running warm in your veins? A mind in its right frame, that you got movement of limbs, that you got eyes to see, ears to hear, that you are in the house of God. It's a privilege and an honor to be here this morning. And I declare unto you, you ought to give God some praises and thanksgiving and lift up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for another Sunday morning in worship. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm excited. Mm. For a few moments, and I know that we're tight for time, I want to talk around the subject, there's nobody greater. Nobody greater. Our text is found in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 15. Let me read that in your hearing. Bible says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who have passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Father, we come even right now, we thank you for this privilege and this honor to be in worship once again. We pray, God, that you would have your way in our service. Pray, Lord, that you would hide me behind the cross, that you would be high and lifted up. Because you said, if you be high and lifted up, you would draw all men unto you. Father, we didn't come out of form or fashion this morning. We didn't come to play church. We came to hear a word from you. We need to hear from you, God. Would you speak through me? God, will you speak to us? We need you. We need to hear a rhema word, a specific word for our situations. Speak, Lord, for your servants listen. Have your way, we pray, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? There has always been a debate in life about greatness. There is one who claimed to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. 
Muhammad Ali proclaimed that he was the greatest boxer of all time? Or was it Sonny Liston? Or maybe Floyd Mayweather? What about football? Was it Jim Brown of the Cleveland Browns, the best football player of all times? Or was it Jerry Rice? Or maybe Tom Brady, those who they call the GOAT now. There have even been debates in hockey. Who is the greatest hockey player? Wayne Gretzky, or was it Bobby Orr, or, who, or maybe it might be Crosby. Who is the greatest hockey player? Well, there's been debates in car racing also. Who is the greatest car racing driver? Was it Richard Petty or Dale Earnhardt? What about Jimmy Johnson? Okay, what about baseball? Who is the greatest to play that sport? Most likely some will say Babe Ruth or Willie Mays or Jackie Robbins. And some have even said Hank Aaron. There have been debates about who was the greatest football team that was ever assembled. Was it the Miami Dolphins of the 1973 or the Dallas Cowboys in any year? That's for you, Dave. <laughs> what about the greatest basketball player to play on the hardwood courts? Is it Michael Jordan with his swaggering tongue and unbelievable moves? Or was it Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain who scored 100 points in a game? Some say LeBron, Le LeBron James is the greatest. Even the disciples in the upper room debated over who was the greatest disciple. Is it Peter? Is it John? Or is it James? It got so bad that our Lord had to give an ocular demonstration to these disciples. So he picked up a robe, took on a towel, and picked up a basin, and started serving them and showing them what greatness looked like. The Bible says that there's nobody greater. When I look in Christendom, there's nobody greater than our Jesus. He is our high priest. He is monumental. There's none like him and none beside him. My sisters and my brothers, I submit to you that there is nobody greater than him. You know why there's nobody greater than him? He can make the corrupt men good, drunken men sober, deceitful men honest, selfish men considerate, godless men righteous, greedy men generous. He can make the weak men strong, carnal men holy, 
Proud men humble, guilty men innocent, defiled men clean. He can make the miserable man happy, the lion man truthful, the foolish man wise. He can make the dying man alive. There's nobody greater than our God. There's nobody greater because he is omniscient. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's none like him and none beside him. You ought to celebrate that you serve a God like that. He is the greatest of all time. He is undefeated. He is king. He rules and he reigns. Woo! I'm excited to be in church this morning because I serve a mighty God who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or even as We serve a great God. Somebody ought to get excited. I know y'all was in Puerto Rico, but I'm excited up in here. Woo! In our text today, the Hebrew writer Let's just know three things, why there is nobody greater, why our God is monumental. In fact, the book of Hebrews demonstrates to us the superiority of Jesus Christ. In chapter 1, he is greater than the prophets and the angels. God, in previous times, used to speak through them. Now he speaks through his son. There's no normal need for Gabriel to show up and speak to us. The angels don't have to say anything to us. He don't speak to uh, other entities anymore. Prophets, he don't need someone to come and speak a word. He speaks right to us. Jesus speaks to us every day if we choose to allow him. He's more superior. But not only that, in chapter 3. He is greater than Moses. Moses could only take the people to the promised land. But Jesus paid the price so that we can get into the promised land. He is greater than Moses. Moses led us to a certain point. But Jesus grabbed us and keeps taking us to get into the promised land. That's good news to me. But not only that, he's greater than Aaron and the Levitical priesthood. That is what I want to share this morning, that he is greater than any priest that came before him. The only person in the Bible who has ever been called a great high priest, that was Jesus Christ. That brings us to our first point. Let's look at the position of our high priest. Seeing then, that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast of our profession. First, he passed through the heavens. But the real translation ought to be that he passed into the heavens. He passed through, but he really went into the heavens because that's important because following his ascension, He passed through the heavens into God's presence. That's good news to know because when he died, he was buried. He rose again on the third day. 
he ascended on high and sat down in the presence of God. That might not be exciting for you, but I'm going to open that up that we're going to shout and get excited about that because of the fact that he went through and sat down. Secondly, he finished his work. On the basis of his finished work on earth, Jesus entered into the presence of God. John chapter 17 verse 4 says that Jesus says to the Father, I have finished the works which thou gavest me to do. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 to 10 that God highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. The reason God performed, honored Jesus in that perfectly accomplished his, because he uh, perfectly accomplished his priestly work. Jesus performed a redemptive act that brought God and man together into eternal life. Jesus, on Calvary, one of his last utterances was Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me. At one moment, God had to turn his back on his son. Before then, Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. I and the Father are one. At one moment, when all the sins of the world was put on Jesus Christ. God is so holy that he could not look down on sin. God had to look away from his son. And because of the agony and because of the pain, because of the cross, the excruciating pain, Jesus felt the separation from his father. But that's good news for us because it pleased the Father to bruise him. And by his stripes, we are healed. We are blessed because Jesus made atonement for us. Every year, the high priest, the priest would go in to the holies of holies and make atonement. First of all, he had to confess his sins and be right with God because he was in the holies of holies. And if the Shekinah glory came down that year and he was not right, God would take him out. So much so that what the people would do, they would wrap a cord around him and put bells on him. So as he is moving in, the inner court and the, the innermost court and then the inner, the holies of holies. As long as they heard the bells shingling, they knew that this man was right in God's sight. But I thank God that our great high priest on the day of, when, on Calvary, went into the holies of holy one time. There's no more need. He tore the veil top to bottom. And now, we as saints can come boldly into the house of God. 
Woo! There's nobody greater than him. Jesus did something no priest ever did. When he was ministering, he sat down. That indicates that he finished his work. The high priest in Israel never sat down in the holies of holiness. In fact, there weren't any seats in there except for the mercy seat. And you surely wouldn't sit on that. Jesus, our great high priest, the position of our high priest. We serve a great God, a monumental God. But not only that, let's look at the greatness of our high priest. It's found right here in our text. The Old Testament priest on the Day of Atonement would take the blood of the sacrifice and go through three areas, the outer court, the holy place, and then through the veil into the holies of holies, where he would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat. That is described for us in Leviticus chapter 16. Before the high priest could go in and make atonement, I said this, he had to make atonement for his own sins. He was not permitted to remain in the holy holies. As soon as the sacrifice was made, he left and did not return for another year. Well, Jesus, our great high priest, also went through three, through areas, three areas. He passed through the first heavens, the earth atmosphere, the second heavens, the interstellar space, and into the third heaven, the abode of God. I thank God, unlike the high priest on the day of atonement. However, Jesus remains permanently in the presence of God. That's good news for me. I don't know about you, but that's good news. Because daily, I mess up. I drop the ball. I thank God that Jesus is still right there on the right hand making intercessions for me daily. Daily, he pleads my cause. Daily, he steps when God ought to take us out. Thank you, Jesus, for being right there, still in the holies of holies, making intercessions for us. He advocates for us. That's good news. He pleads our cause. I thank God that he's still right there in the midst of God. When God wants to deal with our sins, he throws up his car's hands and pleads our cause. Save by God. Not only that, oh, this is good. Not only that, I see some more good stuff in here. Uh, uh, let's look at the, 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 the sympathy of our high priest. Uh, that's our third point, the sympathy of our high priest. The Bible says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. The writer of Hebrews has gone to great lengths to picture Jesus as the exalted Son of God. He has shown Jesus to be the ultimate revelation of God. He is better than the angels and the prophets. He's better than Moses. 
He provides a better rest than the high priest. Now, the question arises to us all. Is Jesus so high and exalted? How can I possibly relate to him? Even if he is the high priest who entered into heaven, what good is he to those who remain on earth? How does the deity of Christ ever meet the humanity of man? How does he relate to me? The answer is that uh, he, to be man, he became man, and he continues to remember what it is like to be a man. He sits high, but he looks low. He's still concerned about our affairs. The story is told of a man who applied for a job in a zoo. The manager said, we don't have any normal job openings. But our gorilla died recently, and we haven't been able to obtain another one. You can have a job if you're willing to wear a gorilla suit and stay in a gorilla cage. The man realized that this wasn't much of a job, but he had been out of work for a while, and it did provide all the bananas he could eat, and he decided to take it. Over a few days, it became, it got rather, it became rather fun for this man, climbing the trees that was in the cage, shaking the bars, and roaring at people who came by to look at him. One day, he was climbing up the tree in his cage, and the branch on which he was swinging broke. To his horror, he fell into the lion's cage. As he scrambled to his feet, he saw the lion leap across the cage towards him. Terrified, he began clawing at the bars and screaming, let me out, let me out. As the lion loomed over him, it leaned over him and whispered, be quiet, or we'll both be out of a job. <laughs> you need to know, my sisters and my brothers, that the lion from the tribe of Judah has put on flesh and blood and entered into the cage of man. I thank God that Jesus came down through 40 and two generations, wrapped himself up in flesh, that he might know what our temptations are, that he might know our pains, our hurt. I thank God that he stepped in our gate. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ stepped down into our... <laughs> Woo! <laughs> mm. This truth is stated positively and negatively, right here. The truth negatively states that, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. There's nothing worse than cheap sympathy. Someone who says, I understand, when it is obvious that they do not. But the sympathy of Jesus was not cheap. He got down off of his throne, got down and got dirty. And even to this day, he is not removed from his humanity. This is important for us to know. 
Because while we are going through, we need to understand and realize that Jesus understands. He knows what pain feels like. He knows what it feels like to be left and be turned on and to be misused. He knows all of those things. But not only that, this truth also possibly states, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was really tempted, y'all. He never gave into that temptation, but the temptation was no less real for him. But that's not all. His temptation was universal in scope. He was tempted in every area that we have been tempted in. He knows what it's like to be tempted. And because he knows what it's like to be tempted, he is able to give real help. That's good news, that I got somebody that can relate to what I'm going through. And I came to declare to someone, you need to stop minimizing your God. You need to stop making your God small. No matter what your situation is, our God is bigger. Our God is greater. I don't know about you. Every time we look at our problems, we have a tendency to elevate our problems above our God. But we serve a great God, a mighty God, a powerful God, an awesome God. I know this for myself. Can't nobody tell me any differently because when I was hungry, he fed me. Hallelujah. When I was thirsty, he gave me water to drink. When I was lonely, he came to see about me. When I was down, he picked me up. I tell you, there's nobody like our Jesus. He is great because his glory is much greater. His presence is much closer. His thoughts are much higher. His compassion is much softer. His love is much deeper. His name is much sweeter. Power is much stronger. His methods are much wiser. His friendship is much deeper. Hallelujah. His majesty is much loftier. His promises are much surer. His character is much holier. His ways are much safer. Blood is much purer. Burdens is much lighter. His word is much richer. Mercy much fuller. Coming much nearer. I tell you. Hallelujah, there's nobody greater than our God. We serve a monumental God. And I came to declare, I came to declare it this morning. Our God is bigger. Your God is bigger than the universe. He's bigger than the suns and the stars. Your God is bigger than things that can tear you apart. You have so much bigger, Jesus, the promise that in your face. He's bigger. You're bigger than the disasters that we'll ever face, Jesus. You're bigger. You're so much bigger, Jesus. That's what life is may bring. No matter what you're going through, Jesus is bigger. HIV has nothing over. Our God is bigger. Diabetes, God is bigger than that. Sickness, God is bigger. No matter what you're going through, no matter what your circumstances, our God is bigger. He's bigger. And somebody needs to stand to your feet and give God some praises that we serve a big God. We've been minimizing him. God, you are big. You are great. You are awesome, God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, 
and love. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns and rules. We serve a big and great God. I don't know about you, my sisters and brothers. Some of us need to confess that we've been minimizing our God. Our God is a big God. And we've been looking at our situations and our circumstances and allowing that to consume us more than our God consuming us. Our problems are much more bigger than our God. But we serve a great God, a big God. Our God, he holds the whole world in his hand. God, he got all power. We serve an awesome God, a mighty God. And I don't know what you're struggling with this morning. I don't know what your circumstance, I don't know what your situation is, but you need to elevate your God. You need to stand to your feet and say, God, this thing that I'm going through, I know you're greater than it, and I release it over to you this morning. And some of you won't do that. You'll walk out of this room carrying that same little problem and refusing to release it to a big God. This morning, you ought to confess and acknowledge that Jesus, you are bigger.